podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show. SBK Edge Rush, me, Propo. Ready to roll for week nine. A lot to get into. Three games we're casting our eyes on in detail. We'll look at Propo's prop bets of the week. The Edge Rush Acker with, incidentally, a brand new name. Quite a few of your tweets. And if that wasn't enough, the Drew Lock of the week rebooted with me, Propo, and of course, our new special guest, Tom Collins from SBK, getting us set with our picks, our fave picks of the week. So let's get down to business and check in with the brilliant Propo. Propo, I want to start going straight to Twitter if I can. Yeah. At the NC show is how you get in touch with us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok group. (laughs) So from Will Thomas. Hey, Will. Will started this and then it's escalated a little bit. Well, Will messaged us saying, if we're doing a charity fine for simpatico use, of course, this is at five pounds every time I say simpatico. So that's so already that's a ten. ten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to charity then in the season. I think we're up to about 30 quid now. We need to make sure we're keeping a tally. Yeah. Um, can we also include other Nat isms? Will asks. Uh, one pound for every lockstep. <laughs> two pounds for moxie yeah that <laughs> that's is. a good that's a good one five pounds for get out of dodge <laughs> will thomas i salute you this is it's like looking into a mirror here. it is um and a tenor for good night gracie which is uh again uh something i use a lot particularly with iron mike uh that is a long-standing sign-off with iron mike great George Burns. If, you are, if you're interested and you want to know one of the all-time great comics and that's what he used to say at the end of his tv show with gracie burns say good night gracie and uh, she'd say good night gracie anyway that is brilliant for all times but then it goes on so will started this and then on twitter uh there was a follow-up uh amari cooper uh trade to dallas 100 pounds 500 pounds every time nat gives mike a number to stick to and fails to control his <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That is sensational. Genius. Uh, and the point being made this week, I allowed, and you remember a proper, of course, on the Monday show in the vault with Iron Mike. I said to Mike, all right, you're because he started going off on his ref rant again. And I said, okay, you're allowed three points. And of course, Mike did five. Got four. Yeah, yeah. Of course he got four. And <laughs> that did. is absolutely sensational. And I uh yeah, that that is brilliant because mm. I th- agree with every single one of those and mm-hmm. they are very entertaining. But at the same time, they make you, you, Nat. And we want That's, to change that. Uh, and also, the more you say it, the more money mm-hmm. goes to charity. Yeah, so it's all for a good cause. It's all for a good cause. The only thing that I'm incredibly surprised by, I have to say, is mm-hmm. that, and it demonstrates an element of modesty that we don't often see from you, especially on <laughs> this show, which mm-hmm. is that you haven't started the show by how you have finally broken the Drew Lock voodoo. <laughs> well, you thought I was so going there, didn't you? When I... 100%. That's where I thought you were going. <laughs> Your fate. The Drew Lock kudu is broken. I am back. To quote the great Paul Newman and the Hustler. Hey, uh, the color of money. That's another one I drop all the bloody time. I'm back. Uh, hey, what can I say? It was never in doubt, right? Never, never in doubt. The new Belichick was going to take care of business for me. Thank you, New England. I never thought I'd say that in a hurry, which means I'm now with that Drew Lock landing one and seven. Um, So uh, the comeback is on. Just call me the Las Vegas Raiders of the uh, the gambling world. But more importantly than any of that nonsense, we had a good collective week. So you've been earning your Spurs propo, not only uh, stepping in ably on our midweek show with the great Ben Isaacs. Go and check that out in the vault as well. Um, But also going back to last week's show, Looking at the 8,000 picks we gave. We gave so many picks. We gave a lot of picks. But, you know, it turns out, I'm glad we did because we we did okay on them. We did absolutely brilliantly. And I'm actually going to rescind your Cincinnati Bengals Fair. minus three and a half pick because you didn't know Jamar Chase was going to be out for that game. Fair. And we know that there was a massive impact there. But, of course, I'm going to count my Cleveland Browns at plus three and a half, which also didn't really change the line, the fact that Jamar Chase was out, which I thought yeah. was extraordinary. But, mm. I mean, sadly for me, that game happened in exactly the way that I thought it would, but actually even worse for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Browns absolutely dominated. So, if you count those, we went 15 and seven on our picks. Yeah, last we did. Not only yeah, did you break did. your Drew Lock hoodoo, you broke mm-hmm. 
the Akahudu. The Akahudu, of course. With a lot of help from uh, Eddie Pinheiro, the Carolina Panthers kicker. <laughs> Eddie, I love you. Eddie, I love you. DJ, of course, is coming back to help me as wow. well. Help yeah. me in, in Daily Fantasy a couple of weeks ago. Earn some dollar, again, for, for our charity pot. Uh, over on uh, our listener league, over on DraftKings, and I picked DJ Moore, much to the uh, delight of you and uh, the Guru. But he came good then, came good here for our Edge Rush Acker. So loving, uh, loving a bit of DJ there. So that came in. Of course, does that mean I'm in charge of the Acker again this week? Uh, that means you're in charge of the Acker again this week. I went two and one with my prop bets. I think I went six and two with my totals that Ooh, I yeah. uh, gave out. The over in the Detroit Miami game absolutely flew in. <laughs> yeah, but I drew lock of the week, the Patriots Jets under, which was actually looking a little bit shady at points it deserved to come in I was glad mm. that would have been a bad beat if it didn't because both those teams look significantly better defensively than offensively so that came in as well the only one that I got catastrophically wrong now mm. which I have to say is it's good when you have a good week but there's one pick in there where you're like I could not have been more wrong about that the Bears yeah. Cowboys under yeah. had under 43 <laughs> yeah. and a half I think I gave out for that and I'm pretty sure there's about 65 points or something like that in that game you know how much I respect your uh, your sharp wisdom. And so I back everything pretty much. Not always all the prop bets, but pretty much back. Certainly your Drew Locks. I liked it. I backed your unders, Acker, or your, not your totals, Acker, I should say. And uh, and I backed, that was one of the ones I took from last week that I backed. And of oh, course, so, of course, horrendous. no wonder. No wonder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, no wonder. Head to head, though, Nat. Me and I did yeah. go 2 and up against you. Because obviously I took the Eagles minus 10 and a half. Yes, destroyed yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then also got a little bit lucky. It has to be said, we neither of you, neither of us, actually backed it, despite both picking it <laughs> on the show. We both right. looked at each other while sitting there watching the game mm. as to whether or not the Denver Broncos Jags total was going to go over or under. Yeah, but it did go under, and I listened back. We actually had a big argument about it when I was listening back going to the picks, and then it's hilarious <laughs> that me and you could it. have had that big of an argument about a pick, and then neither of us have backed it. Covered it, amazing, <laughs> amazing. I um, I ended up taking the Broncos money line actually, as you know, and nice. uh, a little. Sneaky little, sneaky little one there. Uh, so all, so all good is what we're saying. So hopefully Great we week. can keep rolling on that. All right, let's get down to it then. So we're going to pick uh, as usual three games we're going to look at in detail. We'll have our SPK Edge Rush Acker. We will, of course, do propos prop bets and the Drew Locks of the week as well. So let's start with the Green Bay Detroit game, and let's start actually by going back to Twitter for this game. The boys put a poll out earlier in the week. Are the Packers making the playoffs was the question over on Twitter at the NC show. A lot of you got involved with it. Have you seen the poll? Uh, yeah, I did see the poll. Did you, so you saw the final result? I didn't see gonna... the final result. Okay, so what do you think the final result was? I think it would be 60% in favour of them making the playoffs. You'd think, right? Now, yeah. that, to be fair, there were three categories. So, yep, nope, and playoffs. Uh, <laughs> Jim Mora playoffs, which actually shout out to uh, Jamie Foyle, who sent us a brilliant gift of that. Playoffs. Um. So that picked up 17% of the vote is a kind of spoiler. Well, I don't know whether that means, I don't know why, why people have voted for that. Um, so out of the remaining 83% that voted either yes or no, 10% voted yes. The Packers are making the playoffs. 73% of those over on social, over on Twitter specifically that voted in the poll, nope, nada, the Packers are not making the playoffs. I can't believe that. I think they are extremely likely to still make the playoffs. Yeah, we did the playoff picture over on the preview show with Ben Isaacs and we got into it and we both agreed that we think the Green Bay Packers will make the playoffs. Yeah, I think they do. I think although they lost the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football, I still think that was actually quite an impressive performance considering they didn't have Alan Lazard and they were actually moving the ball relatively well. You and Mike discussed it on the brilliant preview show, the fact that they went back to the run. I think... If the more they rely on Aaron Jones, the better this team's going to be offensively. I thought we actually saw a slightly better performance defensively from them as well. Yes, they got torched in the first half, but the second half, they managed to cause quite a lot of problems. And I think that considering the lack of talent in the NFC, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers and this team with this coaching staff, with the continuity they have, I think the offensive line will only get better. I think they're going to find their feet more and more so as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. And I expect them to make the playoffs. I don't necessarily expect a deep run, especially off the back of the trade deadline, them not getting a wide receiver there. I do think, though, that they are still a good enough team to get to the playoffs. And when you've got Aaron Rodgers, though, who knows what can happen? Yeah, well, they didn't, as you've uh, rightly pointed out, Propo, didn't pick up any new pieces that neither did the Lions. They offset, of course, uh, TJ Hawkinson, which means the Lions now have four picks in the top 60 next season, just as a little aside there. Uh, So written off this season, unsurprisingly, given the tilt they're on. But 
looking uh, optimistically at the future, they'll be able to, to re-up and hopefully get some value. Disappointing, though I'm sure it is. A lot of Lions fans, I think, like Hawkinson, who's a, you know, a, a player that was well-liked by the, the Lions faithful, certainly in terms of off, in terms of his offensive prowess, even if... Um, you know, the rest of his tight end game maybe needs a bit, bit of work. Uh, the other key news, of course, for Detroit this week was Aubrey Pleasant, the D-backs coach, gone. Mm. He's an interesting guy, Aubrey Pleasant. I don't know how much you know about him. I didn't know a huge amount about him actually before, no. before he got the bullet. So I was looking into him and he is one of these young defensive minds that was getting a lot of buzz. He interviewed for a few defensive coordinator jobs before he got this one as the D-backs coach at the Lions. And uh, a lot of buzz about him. I think the Athletic had him in one of their 30 under, 40 under 40 lists, or that kind of thing, in a kind of young gun talent to watch. Um, but 86 by uh, by Dan Campbell and co. And Campbell said, look, I agonized over it. It seemed to be down to the fact that, particularly against Miami, uh, obviously there is a body of work here with the Lions giving up the six most passing yards uh, per game this year, 32 points a game. I mean, clearly the, the secondary is struggling, but if you drill down, they've had injury. They're not spending much money on the secondary. I think that in terms of the, the amount of money they spend on their corners or the secondary collectively, it's 31st or something in, in, in the league. And, uh, and so it's not necessarily a fair fight that all the blame goes on will be pleasant. And we know a lot of the time in a situation like this, when a team is on tilt, there is a fall guy and it looks like he he's the fall guy. But Campbell rationalized it further and said that it was down to the fact that the communication was off against Miami, that they had a game plan and basically that game plan wasn't happening and they wanted to to, to bump and hit the receivers at the line and that wasn't happening. So he, he did go a little bit further and explain, look, just there's a disconnect here. All of this is preamble for me to say, I think this is a great spot for Rodgers to get the passing game rolling. And I know that it's an easy fit in some ways because, well, of course, Detroit giving up 30-whatever a game and they're one of the weakest teams in football. But it sounds like when I drill down into why Aubrey Pleasant went and look at their secondary in particular for Detroit, they're in disarray. So I think this could be a really strong spot for Rodgers if you're looking, I don't know, looking into your prop bets proper. But if you're looking at Rodgers filling his boots a bit the passing yards, even though, as you rightly said, they went to a 60-40 or thereabouts run V-pass split and that seems to suit them quite well i think this could be a get right game for green bay's passing offense i think it very much could be and i expect there to be a lot of points in this i mean green bay have only averaged 18 points per game so far this season that ranks 26th in the nfl and wow. i don't think we're going to continue to see that as the season goes on and especially against a detroit team that as you've said has been so abject defensively and on that my take on this game, as much as the only reason why I'm slightly apprehensive to take mm. the Green Bay Packers in this is because it is a divisional home underdog. It is Detroit Lions against the Green yeah. Bay Packers. Detroit's 5-0 and against the spread in its last five games when playing at home against mm. Green Bay. And it is that key number of three and a half. The spread's currently at mm. Green Bay laying three and a half points. And Did it open is... at that all? Did it open at three and a half? So it opened at three mm. and it's moved to three and a half, largely because of maybe TJ Hawkinson having a little bit of impact his move yeah. away from Detroit, but also because I think people are expecting the same as you. I think people saw enough from Green Bay against the Buffalo Bills to suggest that they can go to Detroit and cause them a lot of problems. That being said, mm. Detroit still managed to cover against a Miami Dolphins team last week that is having one of the best passing seasons of all time, almost in history with the way Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are playing, especially with Tua. They've been absolutely sensational. And Detroit, although they actually they didn't cover that, they kind of pushed depending on which line you got because that line moved up and down throughout the week. So I think yeah. Detroit have the capability to stay in games. I'd be very, very much looking at the injury report of DeAndre Swift. If he's not playing, I think the Green Bay Packers are much more likely to take them because of what he can do. He'll be able to run all over the Packers considering how bad they have been against the run so far this season. But all of that considered... Considering that in the previous five home contests, the Lions offense has averaged 36 points per game while allowing an average of 35. The total has gone over in five of Green Bay's last seven games when playing on the road against Detroit. The total has gone over in five of Detroit's last five games at home. I know I'm the unders king of Plumpton. I know you I are. love the under, but you're giving me a total that is below 50 in this. You're giving me a total of 49 and a half. I'm going to take the over every single time. Is I this back. your Drew Locke? It's not my Drew Locke. Okay. It's not my Drew Locke, but that's only because I expect a slight regression from the Detroit Lions offensively. And I'm not quite yeah. sure that Green Bay 
I'm convinced enough that Green Bay can always put it together offensively. And it's yeah. a divisional game, which usually means mm. it's be a little bit cagey. But at the same time, it wouldn't be far off my Drew Lock. It'd be in my top five best bets of the week. I okay. backed it at 49. It's moved up to 49 and a half. I'd take it yeah. again at 49 and a half. Yeah. I will keep backing the the over in Detroit home games until I like until I miss. And I think <laughs> that's basically okay. it because they've they've hit every single time so far this season. It's like the Eagles last week. The I gave out the Eagles first half bet. Mm. that's hit every single game. They'll probably back it on Thursday night football. It's just one of those where you keep hitting it until it falls off, until it misses and until yeah. the numbers kind of regress that way. But below 50 points, you're, I've mm. got to take the over in this. Okay. I like that. I like the rationale. Um, I wonder, I'm com- very confident in Green Bay in this game and Rogers, by the way, averaging 6.6 yards per pass this season, his lowest ever. I mean, it's just extraordinary how bad this Green Bay offense has been. And I'm sure you and Ben uh, deep dive on it on our trade uh, deadline day special, which is out in the vault. But what the hell is going on? Why didn't they make a move to get a receiver? It's extraordinary. Um, Let's talk Baltimore, New Orleans next. Uh, The New Orleans defense, I think, deserves some props for how it dismantled the Raiders. Did you not hear me last week on the show? Proper, I rarely tune in for more than you about 10 seconds. Yeah, you didn't listen to me last week on the show. I mean, I was actually listening back did. and I was like, I was actually no, really... Lattimore as well. You were... Yeah, I was really surprised at how right I was about several things on last week's show. Because, I mean, once in a blue moon, of course, it yeah. can happen. Um, and a broken <laughs> clock is right, what, is yeah. it twice a day? Twice so, a day. Yeah, so that's another one for the t-shirts for one of my sayings. But the... Uh, <laughs> It, I said last week that the Saints defense, although it has been one of the worst units in the league leading up to last week, they have so much talent and this team mm. was meant to be identified as a defensive team. Cam Jordan was meant to be the leader. Dennis Allen took over and he was going to be the one making it a defensive team and that's what they were going to rely on and that was going to be their identity. And so far, up until last week, it had been the complete opposite of that. They're one of the best offensive teams in the league and one of the worst defensive teams in the league. And then you go out and they shut a Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders. They keep Devontae Adams to, what, one reception for three yards. Unbelievable. They, and Renfro as yeah. well, one catch. Absolutely sensational. And I said last week, I was kind of saying that, like the New York Giants, we're expecting a regression from them. Mm. Like the Seattle Seahawks offense, we're expecting a regression from them. The... New Orleans Saints defense, we were expecting an improvement from them at some point. Didn't quite expect it to go from being that bad where they get absolutely <laughs> outplayed by teams back-to-back weeks and then to keep the Vegas Raiders shut out completely shut and keep out. them scoreless. But at the same time, incredibly impressive. I couldn't agree more. So this spot with Baltimore, the Ravens are road favorites, right? They are road favourites. They are currently, uh, it's actually just moved down as we are talking now. It has Mm. moved from three points to two and a half points. So the Baltimore Ravens are laying two and a half. We've seen money coming in on New Orleans. I Mm. actually did take this at three. You took the Saints plus three. I took the Saints plus three and I was going to give it out. Two and a half, always a little bit more apprehensive. A little bit worried, but yeah, okay. I'll keep an eye on that. So uh, Baltimore, interestingly, didn't make... uh, didn't make necessarily the uh, offensive moves we thought they would in, in the trade deadline. This number, and this was a part of a wider piece by Jameson Hensley on uh, ESPN. Baltimore 24 and two when Jackson attempts 25 passes or fewer in the regular season. So Lamar Jackson era, 24 and two, 25 passes or fewer. But of course, this is the problem. That, as I and Mike often points out, regular season, fine. Playoffs, deep waters of the playoffs. You get found out because the defenses are that much sharper and better. And what's the plan B? So it's the question. Baltimore, undoubtedly a playoff team. Are they going to hit real trouble because they didn't re-up and add another piece when when it comes to the playoffs? I don't know. I, I don't know where I sit on this Baltimore team right now. I, I'm big on Lamar. It, it still baffles me. There are people out there that need convincing. Ridiculous. So I, I, I am, I'm interested. You're quite big on New Orleans in this spot because offensively, firstly, are you 
an advocate of Dalton over Winston? Oh, it's a good question, to be honest. I think in a situation like this, I probably am an advocate of Dalton over Winston because I think to cover the three points, I'm not necessarily a big thing on the, big yeah. on the Saints in this spot. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the game, but I think mm. what if they don't make mistakes offensively, I think if they run the ball efficiently, Alvin Kamara obviously had a big game last week and kind of rose to fruition. Then mm. I think that the New Orleans Saints can dictate the game with Andy Dalton. And I think their defense is good enough from what we saw last week, if we see a continued run from last week, as long Mm -hmm. as that wasn't an anomaly, but I don't think it is. I think they've got the capability in the Superdome to keep this game close. I think they can utilize the creativity with Taysom Hill and with Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara running the ball and then Dalton just making the throws that he needs to make. It's likely they get Chris Olave back as well. And I think he can have a major impact, but most importantly is the thing that I think is most important in this game is whether or not Mark Andrews plays for the Baltimore Ravens. I think if you take away Mark Andrews, and the Saints managed to stop the run game for the Baltimore Ravens, then I think, as you said, what are the Baltimore Ravens going to do? Yes, they've got Bateman back. Yes, Duvernay's had a really good season. But Mark Andrews really Mm. is where their passing offense begins and ends. And if you don't have him on Monday Night Football against a strong defensive coach, a strong defensive unit, unit, which might get Marshall Lattimore back as well, I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to struggle. And when you've got Saints as the home team in this spot, I like them. But the thing is, I like the Saints. I took them at plus three just because I like the number. But realistically, everything I've just said to you, Nat, means that everything to me is trending towards the under. I thought I... you were going to go there. And of course, with Monday Night Football, everyone chasing their losses yeah. <laughs> for the week. The over typically gets bet up, right? As you get closer to it. Exactly. So I took it at 48. If it goes up, I'll take that. But it looks like there's quite a lot of money coming in on the under at this moment mm-hmm. in time. So I'm not sure it will. It'll probably go down and then come back up. But as I just said, especially if there's no Mark Andrews, I don't expect the Baltimore Ravens to get much going. I think this number's inflated from the fact that we've seen New Orleans Saints have such high scoring games aside from last week and that the market still hasn't corrected itself to see this team as one that's going to rely on the run have Andy Mm. Dalton dictating the game game managing the game if it is him if it's Jameis Winston that opens up a whole different kettle of fish I think this game probably won't necessarily be as sort of I won't be as confident on the under if that is the case but the Baltimore Mm. Ravens I expect not to be able to get that much going on offense I think it'll be similar to what we saw from them against the Cincinnati Bengals in prime time where they kind of do enough to win it probably is a field gold game. And mm. I think this will be sort of 2017, 23, 10, 20, most likely. I think 48 is too big a number. Love that. The unders, king of Plumpton, never disappointing. All right, next you, up. Minnesota. Are you leaning anywhere? Well, the under I liked a lot. And yeah. particularly if it, particularly if it, um, if it gets, goes up with money piling in as you get closer to typically what Sunday night football and Monday night football, you see closer to the time, the under getting, getting, often going up right because yeah. people are just piling in there and the over is the the joe play uh so yeah probably under there um i was i'm quite interested to drop into two and a half actually i am quite unlike you i'm quite and i'm happy to do a head-to-head um i'm probably leaning baltimore but with the asterisks of as you said andrews needs to play if andrews plays i quite like baltimore at two and a half i'll probably have a look at that yeah i could i would tend to agree with you three and two and a half obviously it has a major impact because i do think this is probably a field goal game and that's why i Mm. took the three because i think it could go either way but as you as you say if andrews plays it is a completely different kettle of fish and i think that it'll be a very interesting game and it's actually one of the few primetime games i'm kind of looking forward to watching actually because Mm. i think that you've got the New Orleans Saints are a team who obviously have had a terrible start to the season, but I don't think necessarily are completely out of the playoff race because of the right. way the NFC is set up. And I think what you saw from last week was a statement win. And it was, a, this is a New Orleans Saints team that is better than our record suggests. And I think you're going up against the Baltimore Ravens team who has improved in the trade deadline, but at the same mm. time, not improved in the way that everyone thought they were going to. They've actually improved defensively. And maybe that's the identity that they want going forward and that they're just going to do enough on offense to win games. So I think it should be interesting, but I think it will be a cagey game. So yeah, the under is definitely my best play. Mm. New Orleans Saints at minus three. I mean, I might even cash out now and take the slight profit I get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do if the numbers move down and you yeah. can't ever say no to profit. But yeah, should be interesting, but the under is definitely my better play. Can't ever say no to profit. Another another propo mug. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Someone out there, please uh, hit us up with. Uh, I want to start seeing these these uh, slogans, these tags on mugs and t shirts. I want to start the propo merch sideline. Just very quickly, I know it isn't one of our featured games, but super thirty second take from you, propo. Uh, seeing as you are the unders king of Plumpton, the Tennessee Kansas City Chiefs game, which is Sunday night football, of course. Um, the overs forty or the totals forty six point five. Is this purely 
the lack of Tannehill factor? Because that just seems, or is Tannehill is Tannehill going to potentially start? It's Sunday? uncertain. We have no idea. That is that why it's so. If he starts, that will shoot up. If he starts, I assume it will shoot up. I mean, what we saw from Malik Willis. Uh, on Sunday would not convince you that they'll be able to put up any points against the Kansas City Chiefs, I don't think, because it just looked pretty horrendous. And I think we can argue that the Chiefs defense is actually stronger than the Texans defense. And I think Spags will have a field day with Malik mm. Willis. He looked very right. raw and not quite ready for that starting job. So if it is Tannehill, it will shoot up, I think. But at the same time, the Kansas City Chiefs always find ways to keep these kinds of games close and a little mm. bit cagey so i mm. actually kind of hope it does shoot up and then i'll probably take the under and i yeah. might even take the titans just in case because plus 12 and a half i mean plus 12 and a half a, yeah. so a lot of points for a mike Vrabel team who love yeah. to cover as an underdog and yeah. also the chiefs love to keep weird games close like the Colts yeah. game obviously <laughs> they lost to that the the one that i always remember is the jordan love one Do you remember when the chiefs were going up against the packers with jordan yeah, love i think yeah. jordan love completed five passes and they still covered the spread by like seven points because right the had a weird game all, i mean and statistically i'm sure it's out there but yeah they have consistently been in, involved in narrow games a lot Always. of the time even in the kind of even in their their initial heyday the initial Mahomes Reed heyday I'm going to flip one back to you for a little yeah. quick 30 second take because I okay. find this game fascinating the Buffalo Bills go yeah. to the New York Jets. It's a yeah. divisional game, yeah. but the Jets are getting 13 points. This is a Jets team who are currently in a wild card space for the playoffs. What, five and three? Yeah. And they are currently getting 13 points against the Buffalo Bills team, who, yes, are a complete wagon, have been dominating teams week in, week out. But at the same time, that is that not... There are a lot, lot of parallels, I think, here between the Steelers-Eagles game last week right mm. it's so and uh, that's in what i thought what i said on the show which is i thought well okay clearly there is a mismatch here but it's a tomlin defense it's it's too generous the eagles will win but that's too too much i i, I actually really like the bills in this spot do you yeah but I, well, if it stays under 14 i like yeah. the bills in the spot because look they're talking is flacco going to come in i mean they're a mess obviously as we we talked about in depth last week and as we all expected the drop off with no Brees Hall is a problem. Yes, the defense is, it with Salah is at times punching above its weight, certainly among the better units around, but this is maybe the most informed or amongst the most informed officers right now. So it's the sternest test out there. Could I see the Bills romping away with this? Absolutely. Naeem Hines going in for two scores. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that would be sensational. He must be the happiest person off the trade deadline. Happier than any fan. Happier than anyone. Even like a Miami Dolphins <laughs> yeah. fan. Naeem Hines has gone from the Indianapolis Colts with Sam Ellinger to the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. He must yeah. have woken up this morning with the biggest smile on his face. You're just waiting. It's like being drafted. You're like, oh my God, please not Carolina. Please. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it's incredible. I think it's an interesting game. I will personally, because I think that the New York Jets offense, the disparity between the New York Jets offense and their defense, I think might be the biggest in the league. I think their mm. defense is incredible, led by Salah and obviously Source Gardner and DJ Reed as the cornerbacks are absolutely incredible. Whereas the offense, Zach Wilson, as we heard from Ollie Connolly live on TalkSport 2 on our radio show on Sunday, he believes is the worst quarterback in the league. And yeah. I don't think this Jets offense, especially without Brees Hall, I do like James Robertson as an addition, still mm. don't think they're necessarily going to be able to get anything going against this Buffalo Bills defense. And especially no. without Vera Tucker, I think Von Miller's going to have a field day. So guess what, Nat? What? You're I'm the going on the under. On oh, the under? I thought you were going to Drew lock it up for a minute there. No, no, no. I'm going to the under. I'm going under 47 and a half. I did consider mm. this under for my Drew Lock though. Okay. I quite like, it's on my, Buffalo on my shortlist to cover. Not They're not, but they're on my shortlist to cover for the, for my Drew Lock. Okay. I love, I love them in this spot. And I'm going to double down on the Jets. They, uh, they helped me out last week. All right, our final tea, final game uh, of the uh, the main three, uh, Minnesota Washington. So the six and one Vikings are they propo this year's 2020 Green Bay Packers? Do you remember the Green Bay Packers of 2020 that went 13 and three, and yet no one was buying into them at all for any stage of the season, and then they crashed and burned in, in, in the playoffs? Is that what the Vikes are this year? I don't think they're even that. They're not even that. Wow. <laughs> and it's really funny because 
Ben Isaac's actually quite big on the Minnesota Vikings, and we spoke about it in the preview well, show. I'm, and I'm, I'm, definitely, you... I'm definitely not on the net. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we were talking, and it was funny because I was sitting there and I was kind of waiting, and I was like, no, me and Nat are talking about this in Edge Rush. I'll yeah. let him give his case for why he likes the Vikings, and then I yeah. can obviously talk about an Edge Rush as to why I don't necessarily buy them. I think my issue with the Vikings is they're winning close games, but they're doing the opposite to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where they're coming out of games where you're like, how did they win that? The Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, you're like, how did they lose that game? The Minnesota Vikings are the opposite. The Cardinals, they just tried to let the Cardinals come back into that game time after time after time. And yeah. they would find weird ways to come out with the victory. Yes, they've added TJ Hawkinson. I love that addition. And I think mm. that passing offense with Kirk Cousins and obviously the run game relying on Alexander Matson and Dalvin Cook. I can't talk about how much I like this offense. I love the pieces. Justin Jefferson, one of the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best. Kevin O'Connell's really getting the best out of him. He had another big day last week. But at the same time, defensively, I think they're so weak. And I think despite the fact they have Darius Smith, who's obviously having a huge season, apart from that, aside from him, I don't think their secondary is very good. They actually rank fifth worst defensively with 383 yards allowed per game. And yes, they've got all of those pieces in offense, but they're still only ranked 15th offensively mm. this season. So I don't really understand why or how they've managed to get to six and one apart from the fact they've had a favorable schedule i've got a theory on that uh two things i think in particular one is something that they deserve props for and one is mm, the luck of the draw so in terms of discipline and now had a, they had a rough day at against the cards last time out right they were kind of broncos-esque i think they gave up uh 10 uh 10 penalties in that game but before that they were second lowest in the league they've gone um you know that they, they've they've uh, that's reduced a bit but they are one of the best one of the most disciplined teams in the league is what i'm saying and i think that is testament to the coaching and testament to the uh to the cohesion and, and, and communication in the team the flip side of that their turnover luck which net which never lasts it always no. regulates and they've been jammy with turnover luck so i think that all particularly as you say in close games and they're not looking convincing that'll regulate a little bit more so but i think that that's partly partly why they've they've managed to maintain this six and one record one of the best records in the nfl whilst being kind of unremarkable so where do you see them in this spot against washington i love washington how good does it feel now for me and you to be sitting here Back on Edge Rush, talking about Taylor Heineke. We love Taylor Heineke on this show. He's always been an Edge Rush favourite. And I think that he has improved this team dramatically from Carson Wentz. They play hard, they play exciting, and they play outside the script. Wentz needed mm. everything to go right, whereas it feels like Heineke excels when everything goes wrong. When they look at their worst Washington Taylor Heineke will pull out a play. He'll run for a first down. And the most important thing that Taylor Heineke does, which Carson Wentz just didn't do nearly enough, is throw the ball just somewhere near Terry McLaurin and he <laughs> will make a play. Taylor Heineke right. and Terry McLaurin clearly just absolutely love each other. They love yeah. playing together. And that play that Terry McLaurin made last week against Stefan Gilmore, one of the most experienced, talented cornerbacks in the league, was just mm -hmm. a perfect encapsulation of how great he is as a wide receiver. And Taylor Heineke appreciates that as much as I do. And that's why I love Taylor Heineke. And I think that Washington, yes, defensively, they're missing Chase Young and the defensive front isn't as strong as it was sort of two seasons ago, but I still think they're good enough. Their mm -hmm. secondary has struggled and especially will struggle even more now they've traded mm. William Jackson to the mm. Pittsburgh Steelers so I think that's a bit of a mismatch and I think that the Minnesota Vikings will be able to put up points against Washington but I think Washington will be able to put up points against the uh, Vikings interesting you said it don't tell me is this the first time in history you might have the same is this your Drew Lock of the Week? it's not is this your uh, Drew Lock of the Week? It, this so I have two and I'm going to decide as I have done for the last three weeks at the last minute one of my two is not, not Washington plus three and a half it's the over the over, okay, that was also in my contention as well. So the yeah. over Vikings have also gone over in four of their last five games. I was right. about to say double pick from me in this game. Yeah. Washington plus three and a half and the over. Yeah, the over, okay, half. so the, uh, 43 oh, and a half. Loved, I love the other. I'm not as convinced on Washington much as we our team Heineke. We almost, in fact, we're so big on Heineke. We need to give him, we need to think about giving him his equivalent of the Drew Lock of the Week. I, I, you know, and I'd like to throw it out there, listeners. What do you think out of our regular bets? should be that should be a, a nod to Heineke. I mean, we could give him the Acker potentially. I don't know how you feel about that propo. I don't know how that would the fit. The Ikiaka, the Heineke Acker. 
the Heineke Acker. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it is so decreed from here on in. The Heineke Acker. I love it. Uh, okay, done deal. So, oh yeah, okay. That is on my shortlist and you like both the over and plus three and a half. But the fact we're both big on the over is a good sign. Usually a good sign, right? Either it's either it is great and it romps home or it's a disaster. <laughs> when yeah. we're, both, when we're both so strong or something. All right. Speaking of which, we'll do the Heineke Acker in a minute. Let's do your propo prop bets of the week. So the propo prop bets, because we're recording this slightly earlier this week, we haven't got the lines out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go for a touchdown scorer bets. And we all know what I love when it comes to touchdown scorer bets. We know what I love when it comes to prop bets. And I'm going to go for a tight end touchdown treble. Touchdown scorer mm. bets, back them individually because there's going to be quite high odds on these. The first mm. one is for the Cincinnati Bengals without Jamar Chase again this week. Funnily enough, the second most receiving yards for the Cincinnati Bengals was Hayden Hurst, the pickup that mm. they got in free agency. He has become one of Joe Burrow's favorite targets and they're going up against a Carolina Panthers team that I think is very good in the secondary and I think they'll cause problems for the likes of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And I think that means that Joe Burrow will look to Hayden Hurst, especially in the end zone. The second one's a more obvious one this should be about evens just below evens and that is Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown against the Tennessee Titans Tennessee rank 22nd against tight ends and I think when it comes to Travis Kelsey in prime time as you know Nat one of my other sayings when the lights are bright the stars will shine remember that yeah. one yeah Got it. I remember that one and obviously Travis Kelsey is his biggest star as you're going to get he's off a bye week I expect Andy Reid to have drawn up some very, very interesting plays for him and Mahomes. And I expect mm. Patrick Mahomes to hit Travis Kelsey in the end zone at least once. And finally, this is an interesting one to say the least. I mm. am going to go with Robert Tonyan for the Green Bay Packers to score against the Detroit Lions. I've already made the case for why there's going to be points in this game and Detroit Lions have been abject against tight ends, especially at home this season. We saw Kosicki go in for a score last week. And I think with the Green Bay Packers, with their lack of receiving options, especially after that trade deadline, Robert Tonyan actually deserved to have a touchdown on Sunday night football, which killed me because I backed him to score a touchdown at really good odds. And he had one in the end zone and got a ridiculous offensive passing interference call. Absolutely ridiculous. But I expect Aaron Rodgers to go back to him in this matchup and I expect him to be a big red zone threat for the Green Bay Packers so it's Hayden Hurst Travis mm -hmm. Kelsey and Robert Tonyan are my three tight end touchdown scorers this week love that and Propo loves uh interestingly named tight ends as well as just your average everyday tight end so I'm still waiting for that powerless Propo I hope you're working on that all right um Let's do that. What we what do we officially call it? The Heineke? The Heineke? The Heine yeah, the Heineke is Heineke. actually not a bad shot. Heineke. The Heineke or the Heineke. The Heineke. The Heineke. The rings a bit better. Heineke. Heineke. The Heineke. Taylor Heineke. All right. I'm going a little bit left field this week. I'm going for an, a three-team underdog acker. So a dog wow. acker. So you could go two. You could double down because the odds the, for the for the treble are almost 10 to 1, right? So if you want to play a bit more conservative, you could remove one that you're maybe... Think is a, is a reach. Three team dog acker. First up, <laughs> just wait for that look of utter skepticism mixed with disdain. I'm wondering. Proper, I, so. I'm wondering if I could guess this. Okay, all right. I've got him in front of me, so I will let you. Go. Okay, I'm going to try and guess. I'm going to go with the mm -hmm. Seattle Seahawks. Yep, that is one. Seahawks the over the cards. The Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's two. <laughs> This, the final one, I'm slightly more apprehensive. So I'm going to go with... over the Chargers. So Falcons over the Chargers, Seahawks over the Cardinals. I think you've either gone Raiders over the Jags or Rams over the Bucks. Well, Jags are the underdogs in the game. Sorry, Jags over the Raiders. Or what was the other one? Or the Rams over the Bucks. I've gone Jags over Raiders. Jags over Raiders. Yeah. Uh, that was my instinct. So Jags, I mean, that's pretty much a pick em, right? But Jags yeah. over the Raiders. Uh, and I back the Raiders so often they let me down. The moment I go against them, they will they will obviously turn it on. The the Falcons over the Chargers, yeah, and the Hawks over the Cards. That's nine and a half to one. Uh, so, what do you think, Propo, for our very first ever Taylor Heineke Acker? I will never argue with the Seattle Seahawks at this moment in time. I'm probably one of the people who is as high on them as anyone. I texted you last week, just talking about how fun they are to watch mm. when they beat the New York Giants. I love. Geno Smith and the way he is playing, he is 
as an accurate quarterback as there is in the league right now. And DK Metcalf has been brilliant. Seattle Seahawks could have won that easily if Tyler Lockett could catch. Um, and obviously he did make up for <laughs> at the end, but I just think Geno Smith has been absolutely sensational. And as you know, I am one of the biggest Cliff Kingsbury haters in the league. So I will always take the Seahawks over the Cardinals. I actually got that number at plus three. Just going to be cocky about it. Yeah. Got that number at plus three at the start of the week. It's moved down to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like the Seahawks there. The Falcons, I think they'll be able to run all over the Chargers. I think this game will be dictated on whether or not the Falcons can get out to an early lead and then they can dictate the clock. But I think you're getting value there at home, getting three points. I think there is value there. So I like the Falcons pick. The Raiders-Jags game is completely, who knows? That game's going to come down to the last play of the game. It's going to be probably a field goal. And Mm. the only reason why I probably favor the Raiders is because the Jags always find a way to lose. So Mm. I like the pick because I think that game is essentially a pick And I think there's a good chance the Jags come away with a slight bit of value on them. But yeah, those are two of the most unpredictable teams in the league. So Mm. good luck. Uh, the over 48 in that uh, Raiders-Jags game, worth a, mm, interesting, interested me. Okay, all right. So, well, I'm glad you're big on the Seahawks, Propo. I know you're big on the Seahawks anyway, because you tell us a lot. Because that is on my Drew Lock of the Week shortlist. The we Seahawks. should introduce, though, at this moment in time, mm. probably the only reason why we had the success last week. And mm. he probably would have been banned from the show forever if mm. he had come in and we'd continued our bad run but considering that he came in <laughs> sure. on the most successful show of all time i think it's only fair to get tom collins from sbk from sbk nice. edge rush extra his not only drew lock of the week but he's also mm. giving us his underdog of the week so we can also see if that aligns with your record oh okay let's hear it now and propo you asked me to provide my drew lock of the week last week and i duly delivered as the minnesota vikings covered the spread and beat the arizona cardinals easily Last week I was with the Vikings, this week I'm against them. My Drew Lock of the Week for Week 9 is the Washington Commanders plus 3.5 against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, available around 10 to 11 with SBK. Now, Minnesota's done a lot right this year. They're 6-1, that tells you plenty. But most of those victories have come against teams who probably won't make a deep run or had injuries at QB. Now, we're talking about the Packers, the Lions, the Saints. It was Andy Dalton's first game at QB when they faced the Vikings. Dolphins without Tua and the Cardinals. Only two of their seven games have been on the road. That was a loss to the Eagles before their aforementioned victory over Miami. And now they travel to face another mid-level team, but one with a very good defence in the Commanders. Washington have won three in a row in gritty fashion. They've lent on their defence every time. But with Jonathan Allen and Montez Sweat virtually eradicating the run game while continually pressuring opposition QBs, they can do just that. I think they would have taken a lot of confidence from beating the Colts in the last few seconds last week. And although it's super hard to put too much trust in the Commanders' offence, I can't see them by losing by more than three points, if they even lose at all. So Washington plus 3.5 is my Drew Lock of the Week. Let's go, two from two. In terms of an underdog, I think most of the money line favourites are going to win. There are some lopsided matchups out there this week. But the one that catches my eye is New Orleans Saints to beat the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. Now, this Saints team is playing quite well on both sides of the ball, particularly on defence, as proven by their shutout against Las Vegas last week. Andy Dalton's finally found the key to unlock Alvin Kamara, and I expect Kamara to definitely post good numbers against the Ravens, who have been just average on defence this year, especially against the run. The Superdome is going to be super loud, and I really like the home team Saints to cause a minor shock. Very interesting. So he's gone with me with the Washington Commanders, so I love that pick, Tom. I'm very much with you. Very much with you. And he's gone to New Orleans Saints. So maybe I'll keep that plus three in my pocket because Tom maybe Collins thinks Tom. Say, maybe Tom Collins' heart is 1-0 currently on. He's got a 100% luck, record on the sharp. podcast. <laughs> there we go. I mean, we can't touch that. I did quite like, I like the introduction of Tom onto, onto Edge Rush because it is quite, you know, sharp anchor man-esque between you and him. I just can see a rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> rivalry brewing propo the thing was is if i had lost last week and you and him had won i yeah. would have been really oh. pissed off like really <laughs> pissed off so like the fact that i i probably had my best week i've ever had on edge rush last week yeah and he came on that He's week i'm a superstitious yeah, guy yeah. yeah i'm a superstitious guy and the fact that he came in on that i love it i absolutely I, love I it i think i just think it's you it's locker room material it's you saying okay all right there's another 
There's another heavyweight in town. I'm going to show Nat and the Edge Rush listeners what I'm made of. I love the fact <laughs> as well, you earlier on dropped a Carson-esque. When I was listening to myself back. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, that was kind of my job. It was a weird one listening to myself <laughs> back. But Classic. I love the way Carson starts, no matter what question you ask him on a Monday, he'll always start mm. with how well he's done in his picks. Have you noticed oh, I- that? Always starts with how well he's done in his picks. Uh, and of course, in case the listeners aren't entirely clear, only ever listens to his show. Yeah. <laughs> no idea about the rest of the NC show. It's just about his show on a Monday. I love it. I love that, Matt. Right, okay. Um, so, that's Tom's Drew Lock of the Week. Prop O, where are you going? Oh, so, the Commanders genuinely were a serious consideration for me. And I really like that pick. The over in that game was also a serious consideration for me. Both of those picks I really, really like. I really mm-hmm. like. And I think that that's a game that I'm seeing a lot clearer than the majority of them on this board. I think it's quite a tough board. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a scenario that I don't think, if you had offered me this line at the start of the season, I would have laughed at you. And I would have said that there's no way this game goes under that number. And I would have taken this number to the bank and I would have bet my whole bankroll on it because of what these offenses did last season and because of the quarterbacks they have and the pieces they have at quarterback. But for me this week now, I am going to go with the Los Angeles Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under under 43 and a half. You are the under's king of Plumpton. I love it. I love it. Under 42 and a half. You know, when I was looking at the board earlier and working, trying to work it out, that jumped out at me. It's a bet Propo is going to mention that line. I bet he's going to like the under on that. So, so that is good news, man. I think that is a that is a sign that that is a great pick. Uh, you, you know me. I don't think I've ever backed an under in my life. So I don't think I'm going to take it, apart from the ones you tell me to back uh, last week in particular. But um, yeah, I love that. Love that. And I, you know, okay, so you, you've gone there. I like the fact that you're confident on the over in the Washington game. I thought you were going to go with my other shortlist, given the height and build-up you, you gave him a minute ago, which is the Seahawks plus. Well, it's down to two now, isn't it? But yeah. yeah. So my only fear for that game is it's a divisional game. The Cardinals are at mm-hmm. home, and also the Cardinals. I need to see a bit more of them with DeAndre Hopkins before I yeah. start back like banking against them and um, backing against them sort of blindly, which I had been doing before Hopkins yeah. came back. Like Hopkins again has immediately come back into that team and looks like one of the best wide receivers yeah. in the game. Kyler yeah. Murray looks so much more comfortable having him there, and that offense looks so much more efficient with DeAndre Hopkins in that lineup. Mm-hmm. And as much as the Seattle Seahawks defense gets better week on week going up against an elite receiver like that is always going to humble you so that's my only fear yeah, also, it, the Cardinals just stay in games don't they it's a little bit of a trap game isn't it because it feels like even though you've been singing their praises and Gino's praises for quite a few weeks now and uh, and others have it feels like this week is the week where or in the last week I should say where the floodgates have opened and it's Gino exactly Gino Gino and the Cardinals everybody's down on them and it, so it could it could be trap game so for that reason the other game I liked as I said um well actually the other one I quite liked which you covered at the top I do quite like the Packers in this spot as I said I think they're gonna have a good game and at three and a half is probably the deciding factor for me against it it's a tricky number it's a tricky old number three and a half you mentioned the divisional rival re yeah so I like that but I am gonna go with my gut which is the over in Washington, Minnesota, over 43.5 in Washington, Minnesota. I'm really tempted to do the same as you, I have to say. It is, I am also very much uh, convinced that that is going to number is going to go over. Can I have two Drew Locks? Yeah, you can have two Drew Locks. You can share. You can share. The Drew I don't know. No, I've right. got eleven. So. The only reason why I don't want to have two Drew Locks is because of the fact that uh, if I lost both, I would go to five hundred. Yes, because I'm currently yeah, yeah, at five yeah. and three. So if five I lose, three. Both, yeah, right. yeah. If but I lose yes, both, that would be it. Last week, didn't you? Yeah. So again, okay, five and three. Uh, hey, you're talking to a one and seven kid, so <laughs> you got nothing to worry about, Propo. Although, having said that, that means hang on. 17 and 12 17 and 12 right 17 and 12 yeah yeah there we go there again we go. as i've said on the fbk <laughs> group chat you are the only man still counting last year's picks yes i don't care i'm gonna keep on doing it hey lot of coco and pebbles fans are gonna be disappointed with my with my drew lock landing last week because it means that their opportunity to be called out of the bullpen uh, delayed for a little while longer remember listeners when i go under 500 that is when we hand over the picks to my 
adolescent cats. <laughs> they will get to choose them probably more successfully than me. Uh, if you want to hear more, incidentally, from the excellent Tom Collins, SBK Edge Rush Extra is where you can find him uh, telling me some extra picks for uh, the weekend's action. That is a YouTube show, a podcast as well. We'll put the link to the YouTube show in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, go and head on over and get involved with that. Our listener league as well. We've mentioned get involved uh, with that. Still time to enter this weekend. And of course, all the other pods in the vaults. Iron Mike on Mondays, Propo and Ben uh, picking the bones of the trade deadline day and all the trade deadline action. A lot of stuff to sift through there. Uh, so that is superb. And of course, last but by no means least, FFS with the Guru Sandrini. Uh, off a difficult week, I think it's fair to say, for the Guru. I think he stacked, if I remember rightly, uh, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr last, last week. I think he did. And I think one of our listeners pointed that out over on Facebook. Uh, a bit of Facebook action happening there, much to the, much to the delight of well, the Well, me and you stacked Tour and Jalen Waddle. So, or you yeah, we Jura, did. You did Tyreek Hill. I did Jalen Waddle. So I came 13th in the league. So did you? you that's pretty good. It was really good. Well, I had AJ Brown, I had Derek Henry, and I yeah. had Jalen Waddle. So I absolutely crushed it. I don't think any of my other picks even had any points. But yeah, I came third in the league. So I, I picked, I had two different teams. I put one in the free to enter league and one into the other one. And I got um I I got quite a lot of criticism when we published it on our social channels, unsurprisingly, for picking the Steelers defense. Uh, the only reason I picked the Steelers defense was I ran out of money and I couldn't be bothered <laughs> to, to, to juggle it again. Do you get minus points with that? I think I did. Hang on, let's have a look. So I came I came 68, uh, which is kind of respectable out of a couple of hundred. So above middle, uh, yeah, minus one for I got for the Steelers on that one. But the other, I think the other league I did better. At, yeah. So in the other, I oh, know I didn't. <laughs> I really badly on that as well. I came, yeah, quite low down. Although, oh, amazing. But I came higher than uh, the Guru. So okay, that's all amazing. I came. Well, like I came harder than both of you, and that's all I care about. So yeah, this is it, right? On a Talk Sport 2 show, all I care about is beating Will Gavin. I don't care about anything. You took a 2-0 lead over him. Because you had Have the I? yeah, because you took yes. the Falcons and I can't remember what the oh the and I, the Patriots over the Jets two game lead amazing all right I got to keep rolling I got to keep rolling on that brilliant stuff prop oh always a pleasure my friend look after yourself and uh, yeah enjoy the weekend's action and uh, I'll check in Monday Are you with us Monday with me and I Mike I'm gonna grace you. us with your presence great. I will be there okay. I will yeah, be there love that <laughs> all right enjoy that and everyone out there enjoy the weekend we'll be back Monday bye for now. Lovely stuff from Propo. Shout out to Tom Collins. And of course, our show backers, SBK. Appreciate their support. Appreciate your support as well. If you have five minutes, not even that, I won't even take that. Head on over to whichever pod platform you listen to us on and give us a bit of love, whether it is Spotify, whether it's Apple or other platforms, because there are plenty. If you're able to leave a review, we'd appreciate it. It helps us, well, first and foremost, with our ego. And that's, I'm mainly thinking of, Many thinking of Propo there. Uh, helps with our sponsors. Helps spread the word as well. Let everyone know we are rolling and flying the flag for NFL in the UK. Four shows a week all through the season. And you'd have to pay a penny for it. So I hope we're entertaining you. I hope you're enjoying it. And if we are, go let people know. We would appreciate that. Shout out. And if you want to, shout out Coco and Pebbles, incidentally, or Fade Nap. That's getting a bit of traction, I think, over on Apple on uh, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> appreciate that. Uh, let's do it. Get involved. We appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, finally, last but not least, FFS, Iron Mike in the Vault. Uh, ben, apropos, and the trade deadline day, show it to Goody. Go listen to that as well. Get you set for the weekend. You might have, you know, all that happened at a flash. So you might have missed a few things. So they will get you up to speed on all of that and more. And we'll be back with you. FFS drops next, and then me and Iron Mike back on Monday. Bye for now. Podcast Network.